You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name's Deborah Hatswell, and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Tonight, as usual, I have a plethora of reports for you that cover many topics and subjects. Each report has been sent in from a listener or a member of BBR who has either emailed or written in with their own report. Times are changing here in the UK and it's becoming less of an ordeal sharing a personal encounter. I can see how far we've come since the days when even I worked under an assumed name and a nondescript avatar, as more and more people come forward and make their reports, many of them are fine with being named. And that's very different to how it was even five years ago. So our first case tonight happened to two friends who are out on a night out at the boxing. Many of you will have heard of the Highgate Cemetery in uh, London, and it's known for the vampire that is said to roam there. Now, Lawton Richards and his friend Jason May wrote in to me through Facebook, um, and they're very good friends, and they said around 2009-2010, they were attending a match close to Highgate with friends when this experience happened. Lawson explained, myself and Jason are big boxing fans, and we would travel regularly from South Wales to London to watch a show at the York Hall in Bethnal Green. This was something we did regularly and we had been attending since the early 90s. Eventually, train travel became so expensive that I would drive us up in the car. I'd park in Highgate, North London, outside the famous Highgate Cemetery. It's a beautiful part of London and Swain's Lane runs between the two cemeteries that are situated there. And there's a free parking at that site after midday and that's rare for London. We would then walk to the Archway tube station to travel across to East London. One time, as we returned to the car, it was pretty late. And it was well after midnight because the show had so many fights that it went the full distance and we were there far longer than usual. Heading for the car, we walked past the cemetery gates when we both saw a large dog that was looking at us through the gates. The dog was more like a wolf than a domestic dog. I know that because I've had dogs of my own since being a kid and mainly have bull terrier types, so I'm not scared of dogs or anything like that. The dog we were looking at was really strange. It showed no emotion or reaction at all. It just stared at us. We all said, who would leave in a dog in a cemetery at this time of night? Now, this cemetery has so many famous people resting there It didn't seem right for a dog to be running wild in there without an owner. And we got in the car, which was a 4 before and quite big. Looking out through the window, I had good visibility. And this dog at Highgate was at least 27 inches to the shoulder. We all got in the car and drove off after a few swigs of coffee flasks that we always took with us. Now, as we got to the top of Swain's Lane, there's a gate. And I would say it's a good 100 yards away from where we saw the dog. And it took us no time to reach this gate. And as we got there, the animal was at the gate waiting for us. We all said, how did he get there so fast? Because it was a good 60 yards from behind where we parked. Now, the animal never wagged its tail or barked at any point, Lawson said. It just stayed there and looked at us, which was creepy. 
As I said, dogs don't bother me because of the breeds I've had. Bull terriers, Staffordshire bull terriers, and now I have a large bulldog type. But that dog creeped me out. Highgate is a strange cemetery with lots of paranormal events. And there was even a vampire hunt in the 1970s. And Lawson's right, it is a very strange place. Highgate Cemetery is well known in paranormal circles due to the high number of people who have reported feeling drained suddenly or feeling really sick until they leave the cemetery. There are stories of men dressed in dark robes, practising dark rituals. Ghosts and ghouls haunted the alleyways around the graveyard. And people reported seeing red-eyed demons staring at them through the fence. Could that be what Lawson saw? I don't know. I wasn't there that night with him. Kind of glad about that in a way because, you know, phantom dogs are a bit out of my remit of comfortable. But let's go to our next case now. From the bustling city of London, we travel far north to the Shetland Islands. Shetland, also formerly known as Zetland, is a sub-Arctic archipelago in the northern Atlantic Ocean. It's situated approximately 100 miles off the Scottish coast. It's a magical and mysterious place where folklore and legend weave back through the centuries. One of the most common and best-loved tales from Shetland's folklore are those of the trolls, or the little people who live in the hills. These hill folk are much revered across the island, and even today they appear in stories and popular culture. Many of Scotland's standing stones are said to be petrified trolls, yet many tall beings are also spotted there. Our next report comes from Holly, who calls the island's home, and she has kindly allowed me to share her experiences with you all. Hi Deb, I'm from the Shetland Islands and I have the utmost respect for nature and I feel most at home in the outdoors with the animals. I spent several years studying and living in a very rural part of Aberdeenshire, surrounded by woodlands in Persia and then I lived in a house in a small clearing in a dense woodland in Argyll. After all that moving around, I'm now back in Shetland. I've actually had quite a lot of experiences throughout my life. I'm quite psychic and mediumistic and I've been listening to your episodes from the very beginning and as I've gone through them I realise I've had experiences with a few of the beings that you've mentioned. I've talked to others about their mediumistic experiences and I've connected people with their loved ones on the other side but I have hardly ever talked about my other experiences In the past, I've had spirit come through to me, or they try to rather. I saw a beautiful little blonde boy once who was about five or six years old, and some of them showed me themselves and they were locked out and they were asking to be let inside. I didn't have a good feeling about it at all. In fact, I felt a cold, insidious, dead nothingness from them. I sensed I had to immediately put up extra spiritual protection. This was anything but a being of the light. At this same time, an energy light being that I'm familiar with, an angelic guide who I feel I've known forever, popped in and told me, don't let them in. And with that, I saw the little boy's face more clearly. And his eyes were like empty black holes. I knew this was a dark being. So I put up my protection and they were gone, thankfully. But last week, I had a vision of them again. They showed us two quite formidable beings. I felt a bit apprehensive with them, not because they themselves were particularly dark, but they were powerful, but very emotionless. And they were on a mission to apprehend these black-eyed beings. Being beings of energy, they presented themselves in a way to me that suited my understanding. They showed themselves to me as human prison officers of sorts and they had apprehended two of these black-eyed children and they showed me each one with their hands behind their backs in handcuffs being frog-marched to a cell. And I thanked the two powerful beings for showing me in a way that I could understand and that these black-eyed beings in particular had been apprehended by them and were no longer a problem. 
and they were sent back to where they were meant to be. When I was a child, I was camping in the Persia woods with my dad. It was about 3am on a bright, clear, moonlit night. We both seemed to wake up suddenly at the same time, to a grunting noise in the distance, which we knew wasn't a stag. I grew up on a nature reserve, and I've immersed myself in all things wildlife, so I am familiar with different animal calls and behaviour. At that grunt, I froze, and in the quiet, I heard heavy footsteps approaching our tent. Now, the footsteps were purposeful, almost creeping, as if to dampen the noise of the steps. I could tell it was something walking up on two feet by the noise that it made. It sounded, it felt really heavy. I think, as my sleeping bag was on a thin mat on the ground sheet, it felt heavier than a person walking to me. A large shadow appeared at the side of the tent through the moonlight, and whatever was out there circled the tent. I still froze. I don't think at that point I even dared breathe. And then it just walked off, out of the clearing where we were camped, and back into the woods. I breathed again after I heard it go deeper into those woods. But that wasn't the end of my experiences. When I was in Aberdeenshire, I was delighted to live in a house that was set in the woods. Hardly any humans and lots of animals. That's bliss for me. One night, I was going for my usual evening walk through the forest. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. I'd like you to get some training. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Suddenly felt an instinctive danger. A warning to get the heck out of there. Which was strange because I love being in the woods. But I, what I felt was a primal fear. It sounds mad, but I felt hunted. It's something I've never felt before. And I hope I don't again. I heard the cracking of twigs getting closer. And a deep guttural grunting growling which I sense began to circle me. The circle was getting smaller and smaller and I ran out of the woods and I got onto a small road and ran back to the house. When my fiancé and I were living in Argyle before moving back home to the Shetland Isles this year and there's quite a lot of military activity in the place where we lived. I mean, I loved it because we were miles from anywhere in a dense woodland on a steep hillside next to a sea lock. I'd wake about 2 or 3am just to look out of the bedroom window and it was so beautiful on a clear moonlit night. I would see lots of wildlife, deer, foxes, owls, sometimes even pine martins. I was looking out of the window this time in July and I saw something big that momentarily caught my eye. It was moving between the trees in a bit of a clearing about 20 metres approximately away. And just for a moment, I saw it, and then it was gone. It looked like it was something upright on two legs. And I wondered if I was seeing things. 
and I continued looking. And then I saw what seemed to be several soldiers with guns moving purposely and quickly along the same route as whatever I saw was moving. This may have been a military exercise, but I often wonder about this. I've heard stories from elderly acquaintances about very tall, human, hairy creatures that are being spotted on the hilltops during lambing time in the middle of the night. Now, this would have all been back in the 60s, though, and I've not heard anything more recent. I don't mind if you use my name. It feels quite liberating. I've always kept this kind of thing under my hat, and hopefully it will encourage others to come forward as well. There is so much more in this world, and if only we could look just beyond the surface of the everyday. It feels good to add to the forward momentum of shining a light on that which has been hidden for so long from us. I have quite a lot of experiences with different beings, and I shall share some more with you soon. Now, as we mentioned before, the Isles has a rich history of folklore, going back to the very first inhabitants of the Shetland Isles. One story that always catches my interest is the case of the Scottish wolves. Not fitting in with the stereotypical image of a terrifying werewolf, the Scottish wolver is noted to be kind-hearted and generous of soul. They are known to help some of the most unfortunate people on the Isles. Hailing from the Shetland Islands to the north of the Scottish mainland, the wolver was said to take the form of a man with a wolf's head and that would take pity on the needy by leaving fish on the windowsills of poorer families. The wolver was spotted on a regular basis around Shetland up to the start of the 20th century. It was said he was covered in a layer of thick brown hair. Unlike the actual werewolf, the wolver was never a human in the first place. In fact, the ancient Celts believe that the wolver actually evolved from wolves. It is said to be symbolic of the in-between stage of a man or a wolf. Although there isn't much official documentation on the elusive creature, the last reported sighting of the being was in the early 20th century and the wolver was said to live alone in a cave on Shetland and he enjoyed his peaceful life. The Scottish wolver was considered kind and often helped lost travellers. It was said that the wolver would direct the traveller to the lo a local village, you know, or town or something like that. Families that were poor and starving might find that the wolver had left a supply of fish on their windowsill, thanks to his benevolent side. Now, the same kindness was shown to households with a sick family member, and the wolver was seen sitting mournfully outside the homes of people who were terminally ill. Now, the wolver was frequently spotted out fishing for its daily meal from a rock it became dubbed as the Wolverstein. And as long as he's left on his own devices, a wolver showed no aggression to humans. If we travel south, down the west coast of Scotland and across the border into England, we come to a coastal town that isn't that far from me. And if you avoid the holiday hotspots and the caravan parks and the arcades, you can still find some hidden gems. Set between, set between Blackpool North Shore and Cleveland, Bisham has an extensive man-made sea defences and it's known locally as the Cliffs. Now, Bisham is not a stranger to UFO reports and one of our listeners contacted me via YouTube to share their experience with a strange orange ball of light. I experienced a UFO in 1989, said Koki Arpen. And that was out over the sea at the Bisham end of Blackpool. It was witnessed by me, my ex-partner, who was ex-military, and he knows his planes, so he knew that what we were seeing was strange. It was also witnessed by a passing holidaymaker who filmed it on his video recorder. It looked like a huge orange ball of light. And we watched it for about 10 minutes, and then it swung from side to side, and shot straight up into the sky and disappeared. 
I remember the year because I was pregnant with my eldest daughter at the time. And prior to this happening, I had a weird sleep paralysis episode a few weeks before that was terrifying. I've never had it before or since, but I woke up unable to move at all with a huge blue orb that was above me. And within that were three reptilian faces. They looked evil and they stared at me as if they hated me. I must have made a sound as the orb came towards me because my partner woke up and it went backwards and disappeared. At the time, my partner told me it was just sleep paralysis, but I'm convinced it was something real and that I was in danger from them. As I said, it's never happened since, but I've always wondered if the two things were related somehow. On the 18th of July 2006, a row of red lights that were a zigzag shape was spotted by a member of the public in the same area and they reported the incident. And then in another similar incident, Zoe Sinclair says she saw a saucer-shaped object as it appeared above the beach opposite Coral Island at 8.41pm on Saturday the 30th of October 21. And that's the image that you're seeing now. The 37-year-old said she had a friend, her and her friend had taken a stroll down to the seafront that evening, but the pair hadn't spotted anything unusual in the night sky. But later on, after looking at pictures she'd taken on her phone, Zoe was startled to notice a strange silver object suspended in the sky above the beach. She said, When I noticed it, I felt like I needed to share it because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Me and my friend decided to go and take her three-year-old daughter for a walk down Blackpool Front to the arcades. We thought we'd go and look where the sea was. So we walked down to the beach and sat on the steps that was opposite Coral Island. We never noticed anything at the time and neither did anybody else. I definitely don't think it was a drone because there was no sound and we didn't see anything. I feel like the shape and how bright it is points to it definitely being a UFO, in my opinion. Now, the beach was really quiet at the time, she said, and we didn't hear or notice anything. Now, Zoe is still looking for fellow witnesses to any lights or crafts that have been seen or reported along the northwest coast of England, and particularly in the Blackpool area. On the upper side of the UK, up near the Scottish borders and close to the coast, is a semi-rural community that sits between Consett and Stanley in the northeast of England. Now, this place also has its fair share of UFO reports. And you have heard me mention several times in earlier podcasts the ape-like creatures that are being spotted in the area. Not so long ago, I released an interview with a lady named Karen I did enjoy speaking with Karen. She really understood what it was like to be a young child and see something that's absolutely impossible. Um, And she saw what she described as a wild, hairy, man-like creature. And it was in the Tamfield Lee area, which is in the northeast of England. Over the years, several other cases have come in that mention a large, hairy creature. They're sometimes called a Stanley Hippie. And when I released Karen's interview, I received a comment from a YouTube viewer who also had a weird experience not too far from the area where Karen saw something. And he said, hi, Deb. I wanted to get in touch as I saw your video on YouTube about the girl who saw... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Got a weird wild man in the Tanfield Lee area back in 1974. I live in the general area, I'm just down the road um, in a small village and myself and another member of the family have had some very funny experiences within the local woods there. One member of the family back in the 1990s was walking our dog down in the woods and it was early evening and still light out. 
and he was walking just within the tree line around a field within the woods. The dog he was with suddenly got spooked and he said he had to move off to calm the dog down. And as he moved off, he had the feeling that something seemed to be tracking him as they walked. Whatever it was, it was fast as it was right up behind them in one minute, then in front of them the next. After walking a little way around the path, still feeling stalked, he decided to go straight across the field and move to get away from whatever it was within the trees and bushes. And to this day, he still can't explain what happened. Now, there are other reports from close by that mention this feeling of being followed or being stalked. And I noticed the gent said that he felt that the creature was at one moment behind him and the next in front. I'm not sure whether he's considered the possibility that there was that more than one creature. Um, I know a chap from the local area who would pass the church going to his girlfriend's and one evening he had this sudden onslaught of dread um, and it came from nowhere and he could see a large dark shadow on the side of the church building that was watching him as he rode past it and he said that feeling of dread lasted until he hit the main road and then it just vanished. One video I released many moons ago now happened in an area called Britain Ferry and the encounter happened to a boy on his 16th birthday when he was given an air rifle. Now, whilst going out to try out the gun, the young lad was confronted by an impossible creature that crossed the path in front of him. And this is another case where you will hear where the creature is up behind them at one minute, up on the side of the embankment the next, and then out in front of them. And I wonder, or I think the possibility is there, that there's a number of actual creatures, which is just beyond anybody's um, realm of comfortability, isn't it? The chap that this happened to when he was 16 said, it was around dusk and there's this high steep bank to my left hand side and there's a low bank to my right and I'm just walking through the woods following the path. The banks are heavily forested with lots of old rog- logs and stumps and underbrush and brambles and prickles. So I couldn't quite believe it when I heard something crashing through the undergrowth, keeping up with me at ease. It was huge. Well, it sounded huge. It was cow-sized at least, and it's smashing things out of the way and moving through that jumble of logs and rotten wood without any problem at all. I felt shadowed. I could even tell it was going from two legs to four and back onto two again. Whatever worked, best to keep it moving forward. And then suddenly all goes silent, not a sound. And then I hear it about 30 feet in front of me now. I keep going as I can't head back and whatever was shadowing me would come really close and it'd make a lot of noise and then it'd pull back and then it'd move close again and then pull back and it would do that over and over and I was really scared. It was ahead of me in the bush and then I saw it as it emerged from the undergrowth onto the road and it crossed over briefly and went down the embankment. It was really dark and bulky and I couldn't see many details or make out its face. It then dropped onto all fours, and it was gone in seconds into the bush and scrub. Even seeing it then with my own eyes as it approached and went past me on the road, I still disbelieved what I was looking at. I couldn't believe what was happening. I kept telling myself it was not happening. Whatever crossed that road was around eight or nine feet tall. It was very tall and very bulky, but it moved with ease, and it had no problem walking on two legs. I don't really remember what I did after that. Every time I think about that night, I would tell myself that it never happened. Now, when I released this report, one of our listeners left a comment and added this information. Hi Deb, I'm from Britain Ferry, and I know these woods like the back of my hand. When I was 15, me and my mates were drinking in the park, it was about half one, and we could see three figures wearing cloaks up in the woods. The figures were complete with lanterns or something giving off light. I'm not sure what they were doing up there in the dead of night. And then a few years ago, me and three friends went ghost hunting up in Brent Ferry Woods. We lasted about an hour. When we got to the top, this fog just came in and belloped us. It felt odd, and this feeling of dread just came over me. I was 27 at the time, so I wasn't a scared youngster. 
whatever was up there, it didn't want us in those woods. It is a very creepy place. Now, next we'll hear from Grant, who has had some very strange experiences over the years. He's had a lifetime of unexplainable experiences. He said, I just want to send you some supernatural encounters that I've experienced throughout life, Deb. The first account is of a weird and scary sighting I had whilst I was travelling to Chumley, which is in the wilds of Devon. Late one Friday evening, 2002, if I remember correctly. It was late. My friend and I were travelling to stay at my friend's parents' house in Chumley. She's just north of Credit on the A377 Barnstable Road. It was about 11.30 at night. It was wet and stormy. And I believe we just got out of Tiverton. And we're travelling up to Credition through the rolling Devonshire countryside. We're travelling up a narrow road when all of a sudden a black object shot in front of the car at a inhuman speed. This scared the living daylights out of us as we weren't sure what it was. But I'll do my best to describe what I saw. It was a long black object and it could have been either a large black cat-like animal or a dog or possibly a cloaked figure of some kind. I'm sorry, that can't be more specific, but it was that fast that I didn't get a great look at it. However, as it darted in front of my car, my friend said that it was travelling up the side of the car on the passenger side trying to get in. What I saw, in my opinion, was either a large and inhumanly fast black cat or dog, or, this might sound weird, it could have been a vampire-type creature, and it could have had a cloak on it. However, I'm not sure about this. Well, I can tell you that this encounter scared the living daylights out of us. And we didn't hang around. We got the hell out of there as we was on a remote country road in the dead of night. I just wanted to interrupt at this point, just to add my two pennies, so to speak. I wondered if Grant saw the being known as Spring-Heeled Jack. Now, the cape or cloak that he speaks of is very similar to the grizzly jack garb you know his movement was also described as inhuman and he terrorized london and the surrounding counties for a couple of centuries reports of him still come in the first claim sighting of springfield jack was reported in 1837 and like the scariest bogeyman jack is described as a fire-breathing devil man who could jump unnaturally high some said he was demonic. He would run across the roofs of the houses and some said he had the sound of cloven hooves. Well, let's go back to Grant's experiences. The Phantom Jeep. I had a second encounter with what I call the Phantom Jeep experience. I live in the town and I live near the notorious deep court barracks, just to give some context to my account. And this bizarre encounter happened about 15 years or so ago. I can't remember the exact year. I saw something very strange whilst looking out of the window of my flat one evening. My flat is on the main road that overlooks a large forest, which is on military of defence land, where the army does a lot of training and exercises. It's private land and all access is denied. So I was looking out my window late one evening. I think I was looking at a fox crossing the road when all of a sudden an army jeep came travelling down the road approaching the roundabout that is right outside my flat. However, instead of going over the roundabout to follow the road, the jeep mounted the pavement over the road, mysteriously cut its lights and disappeared into the trees. I had to do a double take because I couldn't quite believe what I'd just seen because there is no way someone could have driven into the forest because the tree line's just too dense. There's no gap in the hedge or a place to drive a car into. Just a thick tree line and bush cover. However, I thought to myself, it must have been an army guy doing a driving manoeuvre and I expected to see his lights in the forest as he drove off. I waited. However, I saw nothing. To this day, I can't exactly explain to you what I saw because it was so bizarre. Due to the tree line being so thick, I'm putting this sighting into the paranormal category, he says, because I just can't explain how a jeep could negotiate trees at around 20 to 30 mile an hour with no lights on. In December of 2019, he says, I was returning from my friend's house one evening 
And I was driving home, just turned off the A33 at Mitching and over the bridge. I was approaching a small nature reserve on my left when all of a sudden I saw two red eyes, or what looked like red eyes in the darkness. As I got closer to the eyes, I initially thought they could be car headlights or rear lights. But as I passed, I saw no cars travelling up a small track into the reserve. This naturally creeped me out. As I passed where the red eyes were, I lost sight of them. I saw nothing but darkness in the reserve. I didn't see a figure or a car, so I'm not quite sure what I saw. But it was very creepy. There could have been someone walking with a red torch, I suppose. But who walks around with a red torch late at night? Plus, I saw two red eyes in the darkness, or what looked like red eyes. Could it have been a black dog dead? Sighting them, you know, a, a shock or something like that. Or something else, such as a car driving up the track, even though there's no sign of a car in the reserve. He says, whilst this sighting could be nothing, I thought that I'd report it to you as I found it creeper. His next encounter happened when he was staying at his father's uh, friend's house in Morton Hampstead, which is a very rural part of Devon, just south of Dartmoor. And it's one of the most incredible sightings he has he ever experienced, he said. This encounter would have happened around 84, and I would have been around 8 at the time. It was morning, and it was cloudy and a murky day outside with no sun. And as you know, Dartmoor is a legend of the mystery beast, and it's a vast moorland close to the sea. I was in the kitchen, and I just happened to turn around and look up the steep driveway that led up to the field at the top. All of a sudden, a golden shaft of light started beaming down from the sky, just behind the fence in the field. And in the middle of this light was a figure of a man who wore a white robe and had a large beard. And as soon as I saw the figure, I turned to my father and said, look, it's Robert. And Robert's my dad's best friend. And he's in the field. And as soon as I turned back around, the figure and the light had vanished. Just to give a bit of context, Robert, my father's best friend, also had a beard. And um, being young, I initially thought it was him in the field. But I suddenly realised that he was in the house with us, so it wasn't him. This encounter wasn't scary, it actually made me feel calm and happy. When I got home, I told my mother about what I saw, and she showed me a picture of Jesus Christ. And looking at the picture, I told her that that's who I saw. So my conclusion is either I saw an angel or some kind of maybe even Jesus Christ. Um, maybe it just looked like Jesus Christ in the pictures because I'm not a believer in Christ, despite my encounter. So I think what I saw was probably an angel. Why the entity showed itself to me that day, I have no idea. But I think it was a protector of some kind. And its presence was its way to say everything's going to be okay. Because at the time, my parents were going through quite a nasty divorce. My last encounter with something strange happened once again in Chumley in Devon. And all of my best friend's uh, parents' house late one evening, whilst I was sleeping in the guest room. And to give a bit of context, my friend's parents live on a large farm. They live in a converted barn that's a few hundred years old. Apparently, witches were hung in the barn outbuildings about a hundred years ago. It's also said by locals that a young girl hung herself in the room that I was sleeping in. I saw it's told. So my encounter began when I was sleeping. I'd just woken up in the middle of the night and I felt something nestling in the hollow of my back. I initially thought it must have been one of the cats as they had four of them. But upon opening my eyes, I suddenly realised that the door was closed and there were no cats in the room. That really freaked me out. So I very suddenly and slowly turned my head to see what was nestling into the hollow of my back. And all of a sudden, I saw a green outline of a figure behind me and it suddenly melted away before my eyes and this naturally scared the hell out of me as I had no idea what I saw and I wondered if I was dreaming and needless to say I didn't sleep for the rest of the night and I never slept in that room again. Now the green figure could have been just my eyes adjusting as I awoke but I swear blind I saw a green figure of a small person that mysteriously melted or faded away before my eyes. Why are we humans programmed to try and debunk or dismiss any activity or occurrence that happens around us? 
As I was reading through the experiences, I noticed that Grant did this a number of times. I do the same, and so do many of you who are out there listening. If we hear a knock at the door and the window or the wall on a calm day, and we see nothing, we invariably say, oh, it's just the wind. Dark beings you catch walking on your stairs or peeping around your doorways are usually blamed on dogs, cats, relatives, children. You know, we fear the unknown as humans. You know, we fear it so much. And we also fear people finding out that we are different from the norm. And how ironic, as we are all capable of experiencing these things if we wish to. Some folk find life easier without all this going on around them. And that's understandable. But just like me, it just becomes daily life. Since I stopped hiding what was happening around me, I realised so many others were going through the same thing too. I was once woken by the very heavy cast iron bed I was in, shaking so violently that two of its legs came off the floor. The curtains at the window were horizontal and the bed was vibrating like something demented. And there's this bluish light everywhere in my bedroom. And as I consciously realised that this is all happening, in an instant it stopped. I told myself it was an earthquake because we live on the Pennine Fault. Yet when I mentioned it to my neighbours, they all said they must have slept through it as they didn't experience it. So when I explained all this to my dad, he just said, well, just think of it as an earthquake then, Deb. There would be nights in the house where every tap in the house would turn on full at the same time. And the gushing noise would wake me up. And remember back then, I'm a single mum. I'd go around the house like absolutely terrified and turn off every tap and go back to bed. And I would tell myself it happened because of the water pressure. <laughs> and now when I look back on it, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Now, I would like to add some quick reports that would come in via the YouTube comments section from listeners to the channel. And if you'd like to hear your experience on the show, let me know in the comments section. Jenny and Pete. Hi, Deb. I've been following you for a couple of months now. I found you after a search in which your map showed up. So I did a little more searching and I found your YouTube page. I've got two things I'd like to report. And the first is that my wife has told me she has heard of sightings of a black cat in our area of what is obviously a panther. Those reports took place in the 1990s around Gerard Street. Now, the second encounter is a personal experience my wife had one night. She was asleep in bed at the time and she heard a whooshing sound, which was loud enough to wake her up. And for a little time, she was wondering where the sound was coming from. In the end, she realised it was coming from outside. She opened the bedroom window, which was also on Gerard Street. And when she looked out onto the street, she couldn't see anything strange below her until she looked up. And what she saw was a complete surprise. She could see a huge UFO, only metres above the roof. And it was slowly moving to the back of the house and she lost sight of it. A few weeks later, one of her neighbours were just talking about nothing in general when he mentioned that they'd seen a UFO come from above Jenny's house and move to the back of their house and then proceed to move forward to the front of the property, just above the roof, exactly like how it moved over Jenny's house. Jenny was relieved that she was not imagining it. It's understandable. And she was still a little bit in shock, in fact, that a UFO was hovering over her house. And that is also understandable. You would be, wouldn't you? She's still amazed at what happened. But the memory is hazy and she can't remember much. Now, he said, I mentioned to her that she could be hypnotised, maybe regressed and taken back to time when it's happened in the hope of revealing more details. On another note, we'd both like to know about our past lives and see if we've ever met before. As we're so in tune with each other, it's weird. We can finish each other's sentences and other things. We've never had an argument in our 15 years together. 14 of them married. Jenny is also a sensitive and she can see spirit. She's seen strangers outside and told me, but when I look, I don't see anyone. I've seen her dad, who died in 2009, she has also, on countless occasions, seen her brother, who passed in early 82. He's a character. One night, not long after Jenny moved in with me, she saw her brother behind me. I was crouched down on the floor, messing with wires for a computer. 
And when I said, it felt like someone just prodded my butt with the foot. Well, he had, she said, just given my butt a light kick. And when I looked at Jenna, she was half laughing and half crying. She also sensed my dad, who passed in 2004, and he's 99% of the time seen at our front door. And this is because it seems he's gone back to a time which he enjoyed the most, when he was in the Royal Artillery. He served for 22 years, from 1950, and he came out with three stripes. And it looks like he's guarding us. We've also seen our pets who've passed, and we have quite a full house. Jenny and Pete. That email was just absolutely delightful. In our last report, we hear from a chap who's had a lifetime of experiences that he'd like to share with us all. The title of this one is I Worked at a Haunted Hotel. It was 1974-ish and I remember it was springtime. I'd recently moved to the Cotswolds to start afresh as I was becoming jaded with where I was living at the time. And my parents offered me to come and stay with them for a short change of scene. My parents lived in a tiny village of Bishop's Cleves. And yes, it was as ancient as it sounds. It was a typical British quaint village. Tudor buildings, thatch roof, the whole nine yards. Sadly, it's not like that anymore. There are thousands and thousands of houses there. After being there for a couple of weeks, my mum, who worked mornings at the hotel as a chambermaid, told me that her boss was looking for someone for a night porter's cashing and job just six days a week. Sounded great, although I had no idea what a porter's duties were other than carrying luggage. So I agreed to go in for an interview the next day. My mum explained the size of the hotel, said it was friendly and easygoing, and the boss, Mr Coombs, was ex-military and was an officer in his 60s. The next day, I went with my ma to the hotel around 9.30ish. We went in via the back way through the door into a concrete floor passageway. And it had storerooms at the end of the passageway. And we turned right into a carpeted bistro restaurant. You know, the small, low-lit steak and chips type eatery. I loved the Tudor Manor House Hotel. I love anything older world lights right on my street. Little did I know or expect what happened next. We turned into a room from the store's passage and I felt a little nervous and jittery just come on suddenly. I put it down to pre-interview nerves. We walked along the floor for about 20 feet to a balustrade that went along the length of the room that would separate the room. Before then, you would turn left into the main seating area. As we passed the tables to the left of us, my attention was, I was looking around the room. I became fixated on a door because it was swinging open and then shut and it was doing it quickly. And I pointed it to my mum, who being old school said, um, it's probably someone just messing about. To which I replied, is this place haunted? And my mum said, don't be silly. We'll go and see then, I said, as the door was still opening and shutting fast. And as we approached the door to what was the staff mess room, it just shut. My mum pushed the door open to find it empty. And she started with some feeble excuses. It's the wind. There was no wind. Also very profound is the fact that the door had one of those hydraulic springs on the top to stop it banging shut. It was quite a strong mechanism too. It had taken a lot of force to open and close that door in the manner that we just witnessed. I said, I'm not sure about this job now. If this place is haunted and I'd be alone in this ancient house at night on my own. But I manned up and I had the interview. The money sounded good. And so, hesitantly, I took the job. The hours were 10 to 7.30, and I was to stand in Porter until they appointed another permanent Porter. I agreed to the start the following evening. There was an underground tunnel which led under the lawn to a gazebo in the gardens, and also the hotel had its own stables and house. Again, they were Tudor to the core. I extensively researched archives on the house, who built it, what people lived there through the ages, the surrounding villages, and they're all very old too. The hotel is now called the Aaronborough Park Hotel. There's a rich history of the house, if you look online. I know I built it, and I've looked straight at the face of this house via my experiences. It was built by a knight who later became the Sheriff of Gloucester. The house was a very important house in its time. It's seated at the foot of Cleve Hill, 
which has Sudbury Castle upon it. And that was Henry VIII's castle. So I believe this house was a staging house where Tudor dignitaries waited to be called for an audience with the king, or worse. All will become clear as I try and put the events into a word form as best as I can, Deb. And he's, that's to be continued. Now, I will, of course, bring you the rest of the experience at the Ellen Borough Park Hotel. I'm very excited, as you, to hear the rest. I haven't heard it yet. I'd like to thank all of the people who wrote in with their own experiences and to all of the people who shared theirs in the comment section. No matter what the experience, I would love to hear from you guys with reports of your own. Something in your event might ring a bell for another person. And as we've seen here tonight, one report can be enough sometimes to bring many others forward with an almost snowball effect. If you've listened to the reports on YouTube or via video and you've watched this, you'll see the moon and it's the wolf moon from the 20th of January, 2022. Mark's recorded that moon as I've been speaking to the accounts tonight. So wherever you are in the world, know that as I look at the moon tonight, I'm thinking of you all. Thanks to our members and patrons, and to all the folk who tune in every week to listen to the show. I'll be back on Tuesday with a live stream and all of the gang are coming on. If you want any questions, just chuck them in the comments below and we'll answer them on Tuesday. So blessings from the very frosty Lancashire. Mata Adari. Good night, everyone. Leftovers. Or Ch -ch 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 the DMV. Number 97. Or Ch -ch 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 House Cleaning. Or Ch -ch 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 Chumba. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.